Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. So we have Doris Muna here, and it is only four days till Valentine's, and Doris has a special for you all for Valentine's. So Doris? Yeah, thank you, Kim and Eden. Uh, The special is I have those four love potions, six love potions, (laughs) and I'm giving um, a giveaway for anybody who buys over $50. They get a free aura spray, feel awesome spray, which is our best seller. And I hope people, uh, it's on for another 24 hours before Valentine to guarantee shipment. Awesome. And it's DorotheaEssences.com. So thank you very much. Hello, everyone. We are back. This is Eden and Kim with Talk, Purpose, and Truth podcast. Welcome. Happy Valentine's. Welcome. And welcome to our new listeners. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start off, or we wanted to start off with a short excerpt from the book that we channeled with Prince. So Kim's going to go ahead and read that. Yeah, it's about, I think it's about four minutes, but it's it's, just listen very closely because it's it's very deep and, and very aligned with what's going on in the world today. Um, So just listen carefully. So this was channeled with Prince. Um, Drugs and dark pain. Our moments on earth were challenged by sorrow and pain. We remember everything as justified games. And he's talking here about celebrities, singers, people in the industry, mostly. Um, All we did was roam, thinking we were in unstoppable, irreplaceable joy, but we were in a tunnel of proving ourselves in fixed minds. Nothing short of false, a rock star's life, no doubt. Is this all there is? Is that what it's all about? There has to be more, more meaning, more depth, more true life experiences, unfiltered. A scavenger hunt for meaning and growth. An undisputed rage came from so many of us. Why were we stuck? Why couldn't we contain and handle and then release our pain? Why did we keep it all inside boiling and raging? It is unfathomable, like a bear in distress in the woods with no food to eat, in turmoil and desperation for satisfaction. The outward of bruised egos, energy source low. All of us were in the center of it all, making our promises to leave our mark wherever we could. Making mindfulness was never important. Ruthless and racing to the finish line, trying to be first. There was never a wisdom, just a fenced-in soul. Each drug taken will determine people's actions in the exhibiting of baffling behaviors. So many freedoms to be in our truth and to feel our feelings are never granted. A suffering mindset, the martyr is someone with a need of dark pain. This is a shadowing of one's eyes to see clearly, a lowering of self longing to wise up, but never actually taking action. As artists, many of us feel that our gifts will be lost if we heal. We express our pain and emotions through our dark lyrics. In the repetition of singing and performing these words, they have a detrimental effect on our mind, energy, and spirit. Chester, other lost souls, and frazzled minds, we were prophets and prosperous because we earned great money and material things and healed people through our work, but we were not peace-filled. 
Cryptic patterns abruptly interrupt society and life's work in a chaotic way. Jovial visions of success are long-winded versions of illusion and gloom, a challenge of creativity that always leads to dread, relishing the lyrics and embracing the love, but yet still feeling the vibrations of pain in our hearts and in our lives. Meddling with our minds and we can't escape. We need to find a way out. Scattered by remnants of pain and tortuous turmoil, still hoping for redemption and joy. Crafting rafts of safety with publicity. The attention fuels us, forgetting the pain. The safety of the crowds have us forgetting ourselves. Hmm. So I, uh, it's probably very obvious to you that Eden and I did not write this. <laughs> um, and many times they, those you know, up there were already deep, but they become deeper. And so um, I feel like it is a really beautiful, you know, dark but beautiful way of um, describing where they are at, many of them, and where they were at, many of them. Hearing you read it. It's I was getting different. emotional, um, you know, because I I channeled, so I don't hear it the way that a reader would hear it. So here, I'm so glad I had you read it, yeah, <laughs> because I didn't experience the same way this time, you know, yeah. So I I appreciate it. So it's 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 deep, it's dark, it's real, and that's how he sees the world, how he see like where he is now, his point of view from of his life now or and, and others oh my gosh yeah. not of his life now of his then. life then when right. he was still here in the physical world so it's it's quite powerful and i imagine our guest is going to uh, be able to resonate with that yeah yeah okay well first i'm going to go over some of the statistics that we have for um what prince went through opioid addiction and um we are talking about teens today with that so some of that is, it's pretty profound. It's pretty alarming. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. As many as 29% of those prescribed opioids misuse them. Uh, so that's, that's a lot. They miss just misusing them. Um, eight to 12% develop a, uh, a use disorder. Four to 6% who misuse will transition to heroin and 80% who use heroin were using prescription opioids, um, which led to most deaths between 14 and 19 year olds. Uh, the, and the deaths- Heroin, heroin did. Heroin, yeah. oh, I missed that part, okay. The deaths of those 14 to 19 year olds using opioids by 70% in the last 30 it increased. years. It increased. It's not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, so the, the, those deaths increased in that age group, 70% in the last 30 it's years. insanity. Yeah. So. And this can happen to any ordinary family. As so. we will hear today. Yeah. From our guest. So we want to introduce our guest here today. And she flew out here all the way from Arizona. Thank you. Um, Judy Thurston has a genuine desire to see people live their most authentic life. In the last decade, she's helped hundreds of clients focus on their mental, physical, and spiritual health. She leads retreats, workshops, conferences to educate people on importance of health and wellness. She has lots of certifications in health and fitness. Um, In Austin, Texas, she co-founded Get Inspired Movement, a women's empowerment group. In June of 2019, she experienced the tragic loss of her 18-year-old son, Jacob, to opioid overdose she wrote a book chronicling her harrowing experience and it will be released in spring 2020 she's a certified grief recovery specialist and is determined to equip and educate those suffering from grief and loss so thank you judy for being here 
Thank you for having mm. me. Oh, so yeah. glad this, to be here. Yeah. This is a special, special, special story that we're going to tell, that you are going to tell. We, should, we really appreciate this. Yeah. Especially so close to when it actually occurred. So you're very brave. Yes, it's definitely not easy. But um, anytime I get the chance to share about Jacob, I think it's super important to raise awareness, um, like the statistics, you know, it's easy when you read those statistics to just be like, oh, that happens to other people, you know, Mm -hmm. sad for them. But when it's your own child, you realize, wow, this is really an epidemic and something that just blindsides you that you would never imagine going through. Yeah. Right. Um, and bef- before you tell your story, I yes. just want to also make sure the audience knows that you also got you got in touch with Glenn from the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. Yes. Love so Glenn. you're you're going to be working with all of us too to help make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think with this epidemic and mental illness and teen suicide or just suicide in general, you know, this is something we need all hands on deck and right. all of our forces together mm-hmm. to help equip and, you know, empower and really raise the awareness. So. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So please um, enlighten the audience. Uh, what what happened? I think it was in August. Last, well, tell us August. about tell us about Jacob, and you know he has quite a legacy. Yeah, and so very, very special. Yeah, so tell I mean, us about him. It's interesting, even what you um, read earlier uh, that you guys channeled. Through, you know, Jacob could have written that. Wow. At oh my gosh. Oh, you at, mean the the channeled yes. message from Prince? Yes. At oh. eighteen years old, he was already feeling like, "Wow, is this it?" Because at eighteen. You know, he had already accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. And so when you kind of think, oh, that next thing is going to fill me up and I'm really going to arrive at that place. And then you get that and you realize, oh, that's not it. Right. So oh, that yeah. brings such a deep hopelessness. of Well, then what else is there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. Yes, I've been <laughs> getting them like crazy. So kind of the backstory, um, you know, Jacob was always a gifted child from the very, you know, since birth and very, uh, he was an in- incredible empath. He felt people's pain. He was very in tune to that. Um, we had a, a babysitter. I remember he must have been like four years old. And um, our babysitter, she um, was going to get married. And then they called off the wedding. And she was in her room crying. And I remember him totally unprompted, walked into her room with this little jewelry box with the dancing ballerina, you know, and he opened it and played it for her and was hugging her and consoling <laughs> her. And we're like, who does that? Know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we knew he was special from, from the very beginning and he was very gifted um, with music. He started playing guitar at six years old, wow. right around the corner here at a, a oh, studio over here. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh. And, uh, you know, we, we grew up we um he was born in LA we grew up here in LA mm-hmm. just around the corner and so um there's just so many great memories of him and his talents and his gifts and how he anything he did he did well actually actually more than well he did excellently you know? that's like prince too yeah yeah, yeah. that's true mm-hmm. and and that's part of i think the struggle too is because there really wasn't much of a struggle. Like everything came so easy. Like a prodigy. Like a prodigy, mm-hmm. exactly. So we moved from um, LA to Aust- Austin, Texas in 2013. And that's already a hard age, mm-hmm. you know. Transition, yeah. 12, 12 and a half at that point, And moving him from everything that he's ever known, 
moving to um, to Austin, Texas, where he just kind of started to isolate and, you know, he was homeschooled. And so um, it was just trying to transition into his new normal. And he really uh, got involved with music online and started learning how to produce music and taught himself how wow. to do that and mix music. And so within like that year at age 15, he was already producing for a lot of like big underground artists unbenounce to us he's doing this from his bedroom oh my we gosh. think he's wow. like just doing homework or <laughs> whatever oh you know and he, his dad your husband was this uh or he is he's a producer too but not for music <gasps> no for film? yeah he's um film TV? and t- yeah okay so he had that already in his blood a, a bit and he saw his dad doing it exactly okay exactly and and you know like it wasn't anything um something it was normal for for Jacob to always learn new things and try new things and be really good at it so we didn't really thought he's just messing around in in his bedroom Mm -hmm. and I remember we were um in the car one day and we were just kind of talking and I just say yeah you know one day when you're rich and famous kind of you know making a joke out of it he goes well he goes mom I'm I'm actually kind of famous already I'm like what are you talking about (laughs) and I look at his SoundCloud and he's got like hundreds thousands of you know, wow. downloads or listens or whatever they call yeah. it. And so much so that he was actually being scouted by, you know, recording companies. Wow. So okay. wow. by age 17, he was, um, he had a contract with Atlantic Records. Mm-hmm. But even before that, so backtrack, when he started getting involved with music and producing and, you know, teaching himself, um, he was just becoming more and more isolated. And again, we didn't know how much of that is being a teenager, how much of that is moving into a new place. Um, So we actually put him in school so that he can be around other kids. And um, we went to a doctor's appointment and uh, they, you know, diagnosed him with depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety, which as a mom, you know, you're freaking out. But then I talked to all my other mom friends and it seemed like 90% of the kids are struggling with some kind of depression and anxiety and they're just been given drugs and it's Mm -hmm. like no big deal. It's like giving a kid an aspirin, you know? So again, we're like, we're very healthy, natural, like we don't even take aspirin at home, you know? So for us to have him prescribed medication, like we really had to wrestle with that. Like, yeah. But I also didn't want to not give it to him and then something happened. Mm-hmm. Risky. Right? Yes. Yeah. Either way. So, I mean, when you said doctor, the doctor prescribed him this medication exactly. and diagnosed him with depression. depression um, that to me was a red flag because you really need to, to get diagnosed by someone who's, he's more, who's more qualified. Oh, yeah. no, let me explain. Yeah, he, <laughs> okay. he was referred to a psychiatrist from oh, his doctor. Okay. Okay. And the okay, psychiatrist... Okay, got um, it. The okay. psychiatrist get, uh, <laughs> that's prescribed. That's important to say, though, yes. because yes. people don't realize that you do need to go to a psychiatrist. Well, I think many medical doctors, like an internist, they do recommend these drugs as well. They do. They get paid by the pharmaceutical companies oh, yeah. to, to prescribe when they don't even know what their needs are. You know, so anyways, right. that's that's my rant. <laughs> so anyway, so he was prescribed these antidepressants for his depression that um, part of the side effects is to be suicidal. Mm. And so, you know, it's just, I can't get my brain around that. Would you rather be depressed or suicidal, right? So yeah. they're going to give you these pills that are going to, 
you know, have the chance of making you suicidal. So because Jacob was so smart and so brilliant minded, um, he realized, okay, these pills are not helping me. These pills are not working for me. So he started researching on his own online about other pills that he could take that would help his anxiety and his depression. And um, unbeknownst to us, he's you know, getting them mailed to the house. Oh my goodness. And we have no idea because he's a kid and he's mm-hmm. making money at this point, making beats and he's, you know, getting shoes mailed to the house and clothes. And so it was every day we're getting packages, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything know, yeah. out of the ordinary because that's just, you know, he loves shopping and every was, day. Was he doing that intentionally to hide that from you or he just didn't think there was anything wrong with that? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, I think part of it was he just wanted to fix it himself and he didn't want... He didn't want to burden you. He didn't want to burden us or he didn't, you know, I think he was just experimenting and like, well, let's see what else will work, you know, because whatever they had given him wasn't working at all. Okay. And so then we kind of went down that road and and we had no idea. I mean, like I said, we raised him in church. We were, you know, he was homeschooled. So we, it wasn't like he was this bad kid and we saw this coming. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had no reason at all to not trust him or, you know, suspect anything. And so it wasn't until um, one day, actually after a youth group night, he comes home and, you know, gets in the car and just slumps over and falls asleep, which again is not unusual for a teenage boy. (laughs) You know, they can sleep anywhere and they're just kind of lethargic and just um, sleepy. And uh, when we got home, we're trying to get him out of the car and that's when I knew something was wrong because like he was super limp and he just could not, he was not coherent, you know? Mm. And I was like, okay, this is beyond just being a teenage, a sleepy teenager. So I ran up to his room and uh, looked in his trash and kind of looked around and it was just a mother's instinct. Like Mm -hmm. it was weird that I knew exactly where to look. We as moms know. Yeah. Yeah. And found, you know, all these pills and um, came back downstairs and were interrogating him like, what is this? And what, you know, what are you taking? And so he was awake by then. Well, he was still kind of in and out, like kind of groggy, sleepy and Uh And we don't want to chance it. So we, you know, we took him to the emergency room because we had no idea what these pills were or Mm -hmm. what he had taken or how much he had taken. Right. Um, So when we got to um, the emergency room, you know, they they saw that um, I think it was Xanax and Molly and just different things that, again, totally not in our realm, not on our radar at all. So um, my husband and I were just like, we don't know what to do. How do we handle this? And so they suggested um, an outpatient rehab treatment, you know, three times a week, family therapy, drug testing every week. I mean, our lives completely changed because all of a sudden it was, you know, emergency level 10, um, you know, what do what do we do here? Right. And so all our energy, all our focus was on, okay, let's make sure we, we help Jacob. And then um, while he was in rehab, it was like an eight-week program. And, um, you know, he was doing great. And then on the seventh week, he had gotten drugs from one of the kids in rehab. Oh. Which, again, so naive. And oh I'm thinking, gosh. he's safe. This is where authorities, you know, this is where he's going to be safe. But apparently that's where you're going to get drugs is in rehab from other kids who are there because of the same, you know, situation. And so at that point we realized like this is really way beyond us. And we put him in an inpatient um, program. He was in there for 72 days. And um, 
but you know, still we're we're still very hopeful. Like, okay, he's gonna get through this phase, and he's just being a stupid yeah. teenager, and we were stupid teenagers before, and we uh. got through it, you know. And so you just, we didn't know. I wish I know now, you know, or then what I know now mm-hmm. with opioids, that there's really no experimenting. I mean, it, it's designed for you to be addicted mm-hmm. to it and okay. that's why that people that transition from prescription to heroin because once they can't get that prescription anymore they need it and mm-hmm. so they're going to go to the streets and they'll do the heroin and you know I mean it's just a vicious cycle right and so he went to rehab and you know came out and everything was good and that's when he got his record deal and we had a lot of therapy everybody cleared him that he was fine and doing well and so he went to LA and moved to LA with my brother-in-law so he was kind of his guardian for that year because he was still 17 Mm. and you know had another episode where he ended up in the ER again so Mm. that was December of 2018 and so we brought him home sorry it's okay (laughs) Uh, we brought him home and you know we just took care of him we said you know forget the contract forget the music forget everything right now just we need you well so whatever that takes we'll stop everything in our lives to make sure that you're doing well and you know again lots of therapy appointments psychiatrist appointments you know other medications that could possibly help him and but he just was in this dark place you know of Mm -hmm. just this hopelessness and a lot of doctors and therapists that we spoke to they were like he's exhibiting um, symptoms of someone who's had deep trauma in his life oh wow and I'm like looking at his life and you know I'm like (laughs) okay you kind of had a charmed life like what kind of trauma you know and we asked and we tried to figure out and there was really nothing that came up that we know of um but it was just that battle you know mm-hmm. did um sorry yes. but did the therapist do any of the regression therapy to heal the inner child i doubt it i don't i don't yeah that's know. the thing that most therapists need yeah. don't they're not doing and mm-hmm. it's so necessary Deep stuff stuck in there yeah yes. yeah yeah i yes. mean i just went through that you know few months ago with after um after Jacob Path when I went to therapy and mm-hmm. um uh, your your last guest EMDR uh, stuff like I that. did EMDR yeah, yeah that was yeah. fantastic but um I love what your last guest said about you know if we can get this to younger Kids. people sooner yes we're going to prevent so much because after you know I just turned 50 and I'm doing all this work this healing work and I'm like why didn't I do this sooner you yeah know? so we didn't know <laughs> but we know now so we have to be more responsible absolutely absolutely well, that's what we're doing today so wow that was that was really powerful um whew, lots of chills um mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is that was part one of Judy's episode. And so we're going to go into part two in the next episode. And yeah. so um, we'd love to hear your, your feedback and thoughts. And um, you're going to hear a lot more about what happened next. So um, stay tuned. Stay for tuned for part yeah, next two. week's episode will be part two of Judy's story. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.